Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us again today. In this episode, you'll learn more about upgrading your own virtual setup and how to complete your own speaker tech check. You'll also come away with platform and tool suggestions to help improve how you present yourself professionally in the virtual world. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts of the Better Events Podcast, and I'm joined by Mary Davidson. Mary, you want to say hi? Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, we're so excited to talk to you about this week's topic of how to present yourself professionally in the virtual world or how to present yourself like a pro in the virtual world. Both Mary and I are event planners, producers, strategists. We've worn all of the hats. I'm based in Seattle, Washington. I am based out of Tacoma, Washington, so not too far away from Seattle. Yeah, we're right in the same neighborhood, but we've been working events that are both Washington State-based as well as nationwide and a little bit of everything in between. So we're excited to talk to you guys about something that in this virtual world, I feel like we have been living and breathing tips about how to present yourself more professionally in the virtual world. And so... Jumping into kind of why did we choose this topic and before you kind of, if you're listening and you're like, I'm not a professional speaker, stop. This is still relevant to you. When we say how to present yourself professionally in the virtual world, we're really talking about anyone who has to do anything virtually. And by virtually, we mean Zoom calls, Teams, any form of video call, webinars, you're doing interviews, meetings, anything like that. It all falls under this bucket and we're going to have some tangible tips for you about how you can just improve the impression that you're giving to people that you meet virtually and come out sounding like a pro, no matter if you're a professional speaker or you're just looking to level up your next internal company Zoom call. Yeah. And I think the next natural question, like in my mind would be like, well, is this going to be relevant forever? Like, is it even still relevant as like life is going back to normal? And I would say, yes, it's still relevant. I think that there's going to be, at least for a while, some aspect of the virtual world in your life. And so you might as well, you know, it's better late than never, right? Make sure that you're doing all that you can to present yourself well professionally. Um, There's no harm in starting now. So hopefully this is helpful to you. Definitely. I think this is, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more, Mary. I really just think it's going to be relevant in different capacities, maybe, but definitely relevant. So Before we jump into talking about how to be a pro in the virtual world, we kind of want to just level set with what is the virtual world. And I know the first thing that kind of comes to mind for me is Zoom fatigue. Zoom fatigue is real. And that Zoom fatigue, what do we mean by that? Like we're, we're all on video calls, whether you're using Zoom or using some other video tool. I feel like, Mary, I don't know about you, but my video call usage from before COVID to now, I mean, it's tenfold. I've definitely then anything that happened in person is now happening on a video call, not a phone call, a video call. And I know just yeah, by the time same. I get to like the end of the day, I'm exhausted. I want to turn off my camera. I, I'm really enthused. I know for this podcast, we're hearing you're, if you're listening on one of your podcast apps, you're going to hear us in your ears, but you can always go over to our YouTube channel. We are filming this on video. And this was one when Mary and I first started. I know I was resistant to doing a video feature 
of our podcast because I, I'm feeling that Zoom fatigue, that video fatigue. And so we just want to really put this context, this conversation context where this is not about convincing you to do more video things. It's more helping you make the most of those times when you are on video or the most make the most of those times when you really need to make a good impression virtually via a video form of, of something. So that's what we're talking about when we mean Zoom fatigue. We validate that. Your feelings are totally valid. And I think if you listen to us say it's winter 2021, you're probably still feeling Zoom fatigue. So that was one of our big catalyst for doing this podcast or doing, sorry, for doing this workshop. Mary, have we even talked about the workshop? We haven't talked about the workshop. Oh <laughs> I feel like it was like, we were like, we're going to talk about the workshop. And then now we're, we're partially in and we haven't even talked about the workshop. <laughs> so we'll, we'll hit a quick pause here. Um, we, Mary and I came up with this whole framework of just kind of giving you guys a teaser for this podcast of what we are have turned into a 90 minute and we're working on cutting down. So there's a 60 minute and a 30 minute version of a workshop that we can present to groups. And the catalyst came from this because we have done over 200 tech checks with speakers before where we are coaching people who need to be on camera because they're a speaker or a presenter of some form and how they can just level up their setup. And we've often found that we are also then providing those same tips to our grandparents or our friends or our coworkers. And constantly, time and time again, we'd have clients who would listen in on these speaker tech checks and say, that's relevant to what I do, even though I'm not a speaker. I could benefit from learning how to improve my lighting or my audio quality or anything. And so that was what kind of sparked our interest in doing this workshop because it felt so valuable to so many different people. And then, uh, Mary, if you want to talk about a little bit how we've kind of like customized it as well based on who we're talking to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've done it. Yeah, like Logan said, we're, we're, we have done it and we plan to do it for a couple different groups. And um they all have different needs. And so we'll go into like specific examples that are applicable to them um, and their group and how they can utilize, you know, the virtual world, not just how to present themselves professionally. That's like a big part of the workshop, but also how they can utilize virtual events in certain ways to help them. Um, and so we're all about catering this workshop to, to those who need it. Um, and hopefully that will, we'll have one open to the public in the near future as well. That will be catered to just, uh, working professionals that can find value in it. And so, yes, definitely love to cater it to our groups. Yeah. And so that's one, you know, you can always reach out to us at the better events pod at gmail.com, uh, for more information, if you're interested in getting a private version of this workshop and follow us on Instagram, cause we will post once we open a public version of it, we did a friends and friends and family workshop when we were first developing it. And we had some pr really good positive responses from our friends and family who are across all different industries. They were all able to take away little nuggets. Um, but yeah, so we're excited to kind of share just a teaser of really what that is. And again, you will walk away with tangible tips to help you level up your own professional setup for virtual things. So I guess my next question, Mary, would be like, how is this different How's the virtual world different than in person? Um, I think that it is different. I think there's lots of differences. And I think that we all experience that, especially as we miss, you know, like a, a social aspect of an in-person event that is hard to create from a virtual event. So I think that there is a difference. Um, but there's also a lot of similarities as well, especially for those that are presenting themselves professionally. There are many similarities. Like you still need to look and act and present yourself professionally, no matter where you are 
presenting yourself. <laughs> and so that aspect of it is completely similar, I would say. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, same. I, I'd agree with everything you just said. I mean, it's like you said, the visual might be different. I mean, I joke, we now, I have many virtual event friends that I only know from like the chest up. And so, you know, you're, you have a specific area to work with um, based on like your Zoom box um, or your video box that you're handling. And so that's one thing that's different. You know, I know a lot of people joke that we've gotten unused to wearing pants and or shoes um, because of the benefit of working virtually. Um, but I think that's the big, the, the big difference is just for me when you're thinking about presenting or your setup, um, the difference is you're providing, you're bringing your audio and video and lighting, like you're in control of all of that. So if you're doing an interview virtually, unlike you walking into their office and sitting down in their conference room, you are doing it from your kitchen table or your bedroom or your living room or your desk or your office. And you have to make sure that your Wi-Fi is strong enough so that it doesn't break up in your call and they can't hear what you're saying. You need to be able to be heard clearly so they can hear your clear answers to the questions. Like there's so much more on your side that you wouldn't have had to worry about if this some of these interactions were in person. And there are very simple things you can do to set yourself up for success if you're virtual um, that will, again, apply for years to come. Yeah. And I feel like you're transitioning really nicely into or kind of like alluding to what we call a speaker tech check or a rehearsal. Um, and so we can go over briefly some of those those items that we use for the speakers that we work with, the technical things that we check for them. It's nothing like it doesn't really get too much into like what they're wearing or what they look like. It's more, you know, like what Logan has been saying, how's your audio, your internet, your camera positioning, your lighting and all that stuff. So we can go ahead and dive a little bit deeper into that. And as we do this, um, if you're an event person, maybe think of how you can help your speakers with this. Or if you're just anyone, think of how you can utilize these tools to help present yourself more professionally in the virtual world. So um, we can jump right in and go ahead and start with audio. And so audio, I mean, I just have to be completely real with you all for a moment. <laughs> if you've listened to our podcast from the beginning, <laughs> I hope that you can hear a difference in my audio. <laughs> um, because I need to practice what I preach. Okay. So yeah, I just, okay. Yes. I, okay. So from the beginning, I've used Apple headphones, nothing's wrong with them, whatever. If you don't have anything, those are better than nothing because they're hardwired. Um, but now, and truly, I hope you can hear the difference as I'm saying this, but, um, I use, um, it's a, it's a blue snowball microphone. And so it's just basically a USB microphone. And, um, as we say these, I think it's important to note too, based on their groups that we work with, we recommend different tools and products and stuff that can help them kind of amplify their setup. But the goal here isn't like us telling you to go spend money to like, to, to make yourself look more professional or whatever, present yourself more professionally. And so, um, if you take away anything, just maybe take away like one thing that you can do that might help your setup. And so, Anyway, going back to audio, um, as you choose your audio, like I said, something that's hardwired is usually a lot better. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to like wireless headphones, like AirPods and things like that. I, I'm i actually like using a pair right now. So once again, practice what you preach. But um, <laughs> so when you're like doing a Zoom, you know, if let's say you're speaking at an event, the wireless headphones, sometimes they'll lose connection or they'll run out of battery or something like that. Um, there's some Bluetooth issue. And so I've just had that happen during events and it's kind of a disaster. And so hardwire into your audio. And the one other thing that I'll say about audio 
is just try to make sure that you go in a quiet space or at least a small room that doesn't have like super tall ceilings. And so you're kind of trying to reduce that echo a little bit. So Logan, anything else to add about audio or do you want to touch on another item in the speaker tech check? Yeah, I think the only thing I just add is like Mary said with Bluetooth, they Bluetooth headphones are great for they still get the volume and the clarity that you need. So Bluetooth is better than nothing. But like you said, it does. I've also found it tends to like make your voice sound tinny like you're on the phone, which um, hardwired headphones can sometimes do, do do it as well. But Bluetooth, for some reason, it just constantly happens, which if you're someone who ever has listened to yourself like a recording of your voice, like. sometimes you're not going to notice, you know, what your voice sounds like until you hear a recording of it. So there you go. Like Mary experiencing it, hearing it in our podcast, that was her noticing, oh, you know, maybe I don't sound exactly like my, how I want my, you know, want myself to sound. I don't know if that sounds a little redundant, but how you want to be sounding. And so I, again, emphasize that we're not telling you these are the only tools you can use, but if you are someone that is utilizing and needs to be heard clearly, Uh, for whatever it is, if you're a speaker or even if you were just, you're a boss, you're a manager and you're doing a bunch of calls, having a microphone and, you know, investing in that one thing will drastically improve your kind of professional setup um, when you're talking with people virtually. So so a big add to, but I, but audio is really my, that's also like one of my pet peeves because I really think if people can't hear you, you're going to lose them. Like that, that's like the baseline for me. If I can't, if I can't hear you, um, you're really impacting my impression of that kind of experience. But um, my I, next one we love to go through is camera positioning. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you can kind of see Mary and I are both pretty pretty good positioning right now. We're nice and centered in our little frame. But you just want to make sure you're kind of you're centered. Um, ideally, you're not too close or too far away. And I'm going to do it right now because Mary, I'm, I've been making eye contact with you on my screen. But uh, the other thing is if you're really trying to hit anything home, making eye contact with your webcam. So for me, I'm on a MacBook and it has a little green light next to my little black circle webcam. And so just imagining your audience in that little webcam is actually going to help you make eye contact. Fun fact with virtual events, you can actually make contact with like eye contact with like 300 people at once, hypothetically at a virtual event, because when you're looking at your camera, you're looking straight at your attendees. And unlike in person where you would have to turn your head and address different parts of the room or up in the nosebleeds, you can make eye contact just by looking at this one little black dot. So I always tell speakers, you can look at notes, you can use them, but if there's anything you're really confident in and want to hit home, make eye contact with your webcam. It's going to make a huge difference to how you're making your audience feel. You might feel silly, but your audience will really feel that you're connecting with them. Yeah, I, I have to say I'm having like shifty eyes over here if you're watching our YouTube video because I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I wasn't looking in the right spot. Where should I look right now? And so it takes a little bit of practice. And like Logan said, it might feel a little weird for them. But that's why you do tech checks so they can practice. Yeah, definitely. What's another one on our on our list, Mary, for tech checks? Um, internet, I think is a really important one that we can touch on. And I love this one because my internet, I don't know what it is. It just is on a schedule and like twice a day, it will just kind of poop out. And so, um, when I'm doing something important, I try to plug into with my ethernet cable, like a direct plug into my, um, router. And that has honestly been like a lifesaver for me, especially when I'm running an event as an event planner. The last thing I would want is something 
to glitch, especially if I'm hosting it, you know, just anyway. So an Ethernet cable, I think, is so important, especially, you know, if you're presenting yourself, if you're speaking, the, it would be really terrible if you get the whole, you know, glitchy Internet is unstable notification or something like that. So an Ethernet cord can really help with that. And then just another thing that helps, too, is if you are doing something important virtually and you have other people in your home, maybe just ask them to take a break from the Wi-Fi. Don't stream anything. Don't start playing any games. Just, you know, try to keep it, try to keep um, your Wi-Fi just as stable as possible. So. Yeah. And I think Mary, you have a great point there of how important it is for event professionals, especially those that are working in the virtual event world. And, you know, I, I feel that pressure, like you said, to practice what we preach. So when we say have good audio, have strong internet, you know, nothing could kind of shake your client's confidence in you if all of a sudden you're telling them that they need to have good internet and yours has trouble connecting. Um, so I always would suggest if you're someone who is an event pro of any form and interested in virtual events or planned on taking consultations virtually, um, all of those things. And an Ethernet cable, I feel like, is the unsung hero of virtual events. Uh, invest in one. I think, Mary, how long did you say yours is? It's like 100 foot. It is It is a chore to use it. It's not easy. Maybe I should move my router, yes. But no, I'm committed to where it is. So instead, I'll just use a long Ethernet cable. So it's possible. You can do it. I believe in you. We've had different philosophies. I've moved towards my router to try to make it so an Ethernet cable could fit. But I am, Mary, I'm, I'm definitely playing with the idea. I think my brother, he's been doing streaming and he's a streaming engineer. So someone who can do live live streams and broadcast stuff for you. And I'm pretty sure he has the same setup. I want to say it's like a 100, 100 foot cable, but it's static. So he's he's always plugged in, but he had to run it through his uh, through his apartment. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Oh, nice. See, that's dedication. I just have this dangerous cord running everywhere. Good for him. <laughs> there you go. But yes, yeah, so make sure you just have a solid internet connection. I'm a big fan of just controlling the things you can control. So all these tools we mentioned, you're just setting yourself up for success. You can't guarantee it, unfortunately. I, I can never promise a client that there will never be any issues, just like we can in person. But we've just found that these are some ways that you can kind of mitigate those risks and set yourself up to have the best connection possible. We want to encourage you, our listeners, to also start a podcast if you'd like. We do our podcast through Anchor, and it has been amazing. It really streamlines the process as far as pushing out episodes. It pushes them to the major podcast platforms. It's how you're listening to this right now. And so it's also a great landing place for a general web page for our podcast. So if somebody wants more information, we can send it to them. So if you're interested in recording your own podcast, we encourage you to use Anchor. So make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. FM. That's anchor.fm to get started. My other one would be lighting is another one. I The number of people I've seen on Zoom calls who kind of set up like they look like they're in the witness protection program where they're kind of like all a shadow and all darked out. And it's usually because they are sitting with a window behind them, which in theory we all would love for our friends to be able to look out our gorgeous view behind us. But what you really want to do is you want to flip your setup. If you're one of those people, flip it a complete 180 degrees so that you're actually facing your window. And any basic lighting tips would just be you want your light source on the other side, opposite your face. So it should be light source, webcam, face. 
So the light is lighting you from the front and that's going to help give you nice, even lighting and avoid any harsh shadows and looking like you're in the witness protection program. And I say, turn a 180 if you had your window behind you, because if you face a window, uh, I'm doing that right now. I have some overhead lighting as well, but I face a window and that's like, honestly, usually my go-to for getting some nice, even lighting in your face. There's ring lights out there you can purchase. We know those were really popular when the pandemic started. Both Mary and I have those as well. They're a great tool if you tend to do meetings when there is no daylight, you know, in the morning, in the evening, or even if it's just wintertime here in Seattle, it gets dark in the winter at like 3.30 in the afternoon. So if you're someone who's doing any form of an evening event, it's going to be dark and you'll want a, a ring light's a nice, easy tool that I think, what are those running now, Mary? Like they're like 15 $30, anywhere in that $15, $30 yeah. range. Like that's yeah. such a low hanging fruit that it can instantly make your setup a little bit more professional. And maybe, just maybe, this was not pre-approved by Logan. So <laughs> maybe if you listen to future episodes of our podcast, we might do a giveaway of a ring light. So you'll just have to keep listening. To find we love out to have our happens. Oprah moment. You get a yeah. ring light. You get a ring light. Everybody gets a ring light. <laughs> Oh, too funny. I love it. Well, I think we've hit, so we've hit our audio, we've hit our internet, camera position, lighting. I think our last one, Mary, do you want to jump in on backgrounds? Yeah. Okay. Virtual backgrounds. How do you feel about them, Logan? Give me your honest opinion. I really don't like them. Yes. I, I don't. I'm, I'm a very, I'm a strong anti-virtual backgrounder, but I do feel like I have to disclose my MacBook computer and I'm on the works of getting a new one is just one uh, one version too old to be able to accommodate a virtual background without a green screen. So when everybody was really into virtual backgrounds at the start of the pandemic, you just had FOMO. I was left out. So I don't know if I'm a little yeah. biased, but I also just get really distracted when people's hands disappear into the background. And I have since then bought a green screen and I still don't like using it and don't like using virtual backgrounds. But Mary, how do you feel about virtual backgrounds? Yeah, I know. I feel similarly. The way that I've seen them work is when it's like a branded event or something like that, and everyone uses the same background. Then that is actually kind of cool. I kind of like it that way. Um, or if if it's like I've been part of like a holiday social, and part of it was like having some like fun holiday background, and that was fun as well. Um, but for the most part, you know, if you're in like a typical meeting or you're speaking at an event or something like that, it, it really would serve you better to get like a real background, like something like go somewhere in your house or whatever, where there's like a bookshelf or something like that. And um, just as Logan said, I think the part that distracts me the most is that if like it just like eats your hair, I feel like like you're moving around and you just lose certain parts of your body and it's weird. And so they're very distracting to me. And so I would say we we don't usually recommend them to speakers. Um, instead, we will try to reposition them somewhere else. Yeah, I think I think fun. I think in-person in person backgrounds. I think real backgrounds that are your actual backdrop are fun. My only other caveat of where I've seen it work effectively is if you're working in some kind of unorthodox setup. I had a speaker who was coming to us from like their garage and they really didn't want you to see their storage bins behind them. And that was the only place they could sit. And they used a virtual background to kind of hide that. So when there's a purpose behind it, it feels good. But my only other pro tip in there too, like Zoom enables you to use Zoom virtual backgrounds. It does then remember whatever was the last virtual background you had up. So if you put up funny pictures of your friend because it's their birthday and then you jump into a meeting and turn your video on, it will then have those same funny pictures of your friend at that professional meeting. So it's just a, another layer of risk. So just be, be aware. 
Sounds like you're speaking from experience, Logan. I'd say <laughs> anecdotes. We've all seen that. Well, we've yeah, all seen that video seen of it. the lawyer who turned himself into a, who was accidentally turned into a cat. And that's supposedly not because of him, but because of his, I think it was his, one of his kids had turned that on for a video and he couldn't figure out how to turn it off. And that's just, Literally, I mean, that's a viral version, but, and it was yes. funny. But again, if I go to the context of you're doing a virtual interview and you show up with a picture of your friend drinking a bottle of wine behind you, they might go, they might not understand or, you know, again, it's, it's your first impression, I think in a lot of cases. So. Right. And we might just link that lawyer cat video in the show notes because it's, it's the best so thing great to happen in 2021. So. It's a good, if you ever have, okay, there you go. That's a solve for our zoom fatigue. We talked about earlier. <laughs> if you ever need a laugh, there are joyful moments in these virtual events and I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So shall we move on to some bonus tips that we like to give our speakers? And one of them is, just that, you know, we're all at this point in the virtual world where things might happen as in like you're working from different environments. And so maybe you're going to have like a dog bark. Your doorbell is going to ring. There's going to be or maybe you might have like a child run in the background of your video. Like I think at this point we all understand the situation and I think that people will give you a lot of grace. And I've seen that in events where that's happened is like keynote speakers. And the point is just, you know, like the show must go on, just move on just, it's fine. You know, we're all human. And I think we can all acknowledge that that happens um, at times, you know, nowadays. So that's the the tip that I like to give is obviously we're going to do all that we can to help set our speakers up for success. And hopefully you can do all you can to set your, yourself up for success. But if something happens, it's okay. Just move on. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to tease. We have a lot of other juicy tidbits of other pro tips that we use and we get a little more in depth in our, in our tech check, in our workshop. So if these are at all, you're like, ooh, what else do Mary and Logan have to say? I would, again, we'll, we'll shamelessly plug that workshop. But my bonus speaker tip that I love and both Mary and I have utilized, and we utilize it in the workshop, is if you are speaking or you're presenting, the trick in the virtual world to convey extra energy is to actually stand. To, so to stand up while you present. Um, and similar to maybe in person where you would think about standing behind a podium or standing up next to your slides versus sitting at the meeting table and advancing and presenting your slides. We found that same kind of energy transfer that you'll feel just from standing up versus sitting down. And I know like for me, I'm seated right now, but my posture is way worse when I'm seated. When I'm standing, I will automatically be, you know, conveying that body language that maybe just conveys a little more confidence and a little bit more energy, which I think transfers so well virtually. Um, so if you're able to stand and deliver your presentation, again, we've talked about positioning, so you can use some you can just use books under your computer to help raise it up, or you can have a fancy standing desk. It does not matter. But by standing, you're going to kind of set yourself up to just be a little bit more energetic in your presentation. And I'm sure your colleagues or your audience, if you're a professional speaker, will thank you for it in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And there are some tools and platforms as well that we like to recommend that really help, at least, you know, in our mind, they they help us. And so we hope that they'll help you as well. And so, Logan, you can um, feel free to add in. I don't know how much we want to dig in deep on these platforms, but we could probably just, you know, do a quick list. And if you have questions, feel free to reach out or just go ahead and try them on your own. A lot of these, they have free versions of them. So you can get, you know, like your free trial and do as much as you can in them. So um, one of the ones that we recommend, obviously, is Zoom. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Another one is StreamYard, which is actually what we're using right now to film our podcast. Um, something else that we like is OBS, which is there's a, a free version and I've actually played around with it. It's actually pretty fun. 
Um, and then YouTube Live. And Logan, what other ones would you recommend? I think those are the the best four tools, I would say, for doing any form of like a virtual streaming. Um, you can also host your virtual event on it. They're just also ones that we're super familiar with. Um, for virtual events, there's all kinds of other platforms. I know we've also loved, um, if you're just talking about how to improve your presenting skills or your just professional setting, Clubhouse, the app. I know, Mary, you and I have loved getting to talk on that. Talking back to our Zoom fatigue that we mentioned earlier, it's an audio app. Fortunately, only for uh, Apple users, I believe, at the time of this podcast recording. But it, that's a nice way to also start just building some of maybe your confidence when it comes to speaking. So maybe you're somebody who would like to eventually speak at a virtual event. But you haven't done it before. Clubhouse is a really low, um, low risk, high reward setting where you could probably start to see what you're, what it feels like to to speak to people that you're not necessarily in the same room with. But yes, we have a complete list. We can link to. We'll link to some of these in the show notes, um, so you can find those four that that Mary mentioned. Yeah, I think that you know kind of sums up just a little bit of what we were we were thinking are kind of the big high points that come out of our workshop. We definitely go way more in depth onto the virtual event strategies and talking about some of the other things to happen. Of like, once you've been asked to speak, now what? And if you listen back to our episode five, one of the one of our other tips in there does link to we talked about run a show in episode five. And I would highly encourage you if you're a speaker or you're planning on presenting, having some form of a rough run of show for yourself. So go back and listen to episode five if you haven't heard it, because there's some good gems in there to help you plan out your session. But we talked about kind of what a virtual world is. We went through our speaker tech check, talking about your audio, your Internet, your camera positioning, your lighting. We had our juicy virtual background debate. Um, and then shared a couple other things about, especially if the show must go on, right, Mary? If stuff happens, you got to just kind of roll with it. Uh, we use that lesson all the time in person, but I feel like virtually it's even more important that people really convey that. Even in a meeting, if you have your internet drop off, if you're able to laugh it off and kind of keep moving forward and uh, take it like a champ versus have it really derail your entire meeting, you're definitely going to still walk away presenting yourself like you are a pro, even if like even pros make make a mistake, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> so, yeah, Mary, I'll kick it over to you. Anything else you want to add for presenting yourself professionally in the virtual world? No, I think I think we covered it. We covered a lot of information. So like Logan said, if you want to hear more, you should attend our workshop. We'll try to post more about it. So make sure you follow us on our social media platforms. And before we go, it is bonus tip time. And today's bonus tip is to make a Spotify playlist for your virtual event. Now you could do Spotify or another music streaming platform, but it's just for fun. And it's really nice, a nice way to set the theme for your event. So for example, I saw an event, it was um, for a zoo and they had a Spotify playlist for their event and they sent it out to their guests beforehand. And I just thought it was really cute. So they had songs like the Lion Sleeps Tonight, Eye of the Tiger, Roar by Katy Perry. And I just, I was there for it. I thought it was just a little cute extra thing that doesn't take anything except time to send that out to your guests. And so there's my bonus tip. Feel free to shake up your event and do something fun like that. I love that, Mary. I've also seen, I've, I've seen events ask attendees to submit songs and build a playlist off it. I feel like both of those are such such a fun way to do something different for your event and get people engaged and excited. I love that. Gosh, the Zoom zoo theme. Oh, so good. <laughs> 
Anywho, <laughs> um, well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at the Better Events Pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, any other questions you've had about presenting yourself professionally or things that you wish we've covered, our speaker tech check, I feel like Mary and I could do it in our sleep at this point, but we always have new questions from speakers and we have situations that we've never had to deal with before. So we're always figuring out how to troubleshoot it. So send us an email if you have any other questions. And thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears, in your podcast feeds uh, with a new episode next Wednesday. 